1: Hello. Dave and Pete here from the podcast you're already listening to. You cannot get away from us, Uh, but there's more information here in a
2: very succinct little snippet. We're now on Patreon uh, as you might have heard us mention, with a couple of subscriptions to choose between. You can get Friends with Friends without adverts and get new episodes a day early. That's on our Gavin tier.
1: Or choose to sign up for our new spin-off, Joey with Friends. A spin-off reviewing a spin-off. And there'll be new episodes every month. that's on our Jack Geller tier. Or all the information you'll need
2: and the place to sign up is at patreon.com forward slash The
0: following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Friends with Friends My name's Pete Allison, here's Dave Cribb Ahoy, hoy, hoy, are we well? Yes. How are you? Yes, very good. Thanks. Having a lovely day. I uh, I saw Tenet at the cinema uh, yesterday. Did you? How was that? Mate, it's fucking bollocks. <laughs> give me your. Give me a twenty second review. I don't. Th- I don't think I'm thick. Which I realise like that might be me scoring a bit of an own goal. Right. But I'd like to think I'm reasonably switched on. Sure. And it, it it's just bollocks. Okay. So so you think it's it thinks it's cleverer than it is? Is that the vibe? I think it thinks it's clever, and it made me feel stupid. But I don't. I don't think I'm stupid. No, you're not stupid. I can tell you that for free. Thank you. Thank you very but much. But that also
2: relies on me being as clever as I think I am. So maybe we're both stupid.
1: Yeah, maybe. But it's just it's ju- it's just bollocks.
2: Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's the sum up.
1: Christopher Nolan's tenant bollocks. For the first time in my life, I considered leaving. Did you? Yeah. Because I was uh-huh. like, I, I have. This is, this is doing nothing for me. Absolutely nothing for me. None of it makes sense. Okay. Anyway.
2: It's fascinating when big Hollywood films get to that level of just making no sense, isn't it? Well,
1: because I've loads of reviews. And there's there's some, like, some people are slagging it off. So it's got, like, a few two star reviews. Like, yeah. I saw one slagging it off in The Guardian. There's one slagging it off in The Telegraph. And then there's some of the people who have given it, like, four stars and be like, what the fuck have you been watching? Mm, what tricky, have you seen?
2: It? Hey, but, you know, art is subjective, Pete. I imagine some of the broadsheets would give this podcast four or five stars, and some would give it zero. Well,
1: it, this podcast is largely bollocks. <laughs> we are on a Christopher Nolan level of bollocks, or are we? Or is that in the past? Or is it actually in the future? Or no, oh, I see. I don't know about tenants. So no, I don't really know what just... goes on in it. You can be
2: asked. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, look, we started this podcast by besmirching the biggest film of the year, and that's how we mean to go on.
1: Hmm. Let's talk about Friends.
2: Let's talk about a television show that ended 15 years ago.
1: (laughs) Yes, let's do that.
2: Thank God, guys, someone's talking about this stuff. Um, Should we uh, talk about this week's episode? Who selected it and what did they message us about it? This is from Lisa. Oh, hi, Lisa. Lisa says, Hi, Dave and Pete. I hope I'm not too late to request an episode. As I imagine you have a list as long as your arm. For clarification, this message was sent at 7.53am on the 2nd of July. So, Lisa, (laughs) you're not too late, certainly, but it's taken us a fucking while to get to it, and I apologise for that. Um, We do have a list as long as our arms, don't we, Pete?
1: And if you put... All of our arms together That's really quite long Like our four arms together Is how long the list is And that is I've got fairly long arms
2: Just on my own But
1: Big arm Dave That's what they call (laughs) you
2: Oh, Longie, longy. I'm a massive fan of the podcast and it got me through many a long night shift through lockdown. So thank you. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for including the thing that makes sure your message gets read out. But again, sorry for two months late, basically. Um, I'd love you to do season 10, episode eight, the one with the late Thanksgiving. I couldn't choose a favorite moment from it as it has too many. And it's definitely one of my favorite episodes with the whole gang together. Thank you. uh, Heart emoji with this like smaller heart emoji at the top right corner. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. The double hearter. Um, so thanks, Lisa. Good episode suggestion. Thank you. Uh, we I feel like we're sort of um, ping ponging this season of Friends with Friends between old and new, and I quite like that. And Lisa's right; it's one of those episodes where everyone's together for the whole thing. So there's not re- there's sort of a couple of split off plots on them along the way, but in general, it's a big group a group a group fest.
1: Yeah, it takes a bit of a while for them all to end up in the same place, but uh, it gets there eventually. Uh, Shall we start with the synopsis, as always?
2: Go for it. So it's season 10, episode 8. Oh God, I'll tell you what, on Wikipedia, Pete, this is a big old fucking long synopsis.
1: Shall I do my own version? All right, you do yours and then I'll read the real (laughs) one. Go on. Um, Chandler and Monica don't want to do Thanksgiving, but then everyone makes them do Thanksgiving. But then Phoebe and Rachel go to a baby beauty pageant, and Joey and Ross go to the ice hockey, so they're really late. And then Chandler and Monica are really annoyed that they're late. That's literally it.
2: I'm not going to read this official one to be honest, because that's summed it up much more succinctly than I could have imagined. Thank you very much. Uh, from now on, Pete, I'm going to make you do that. I'm not Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's fine by me. Yeah, uh, good. Well, look, a new job. Don't don't let us down. You know, you have got a new I'll, responsibility I'll try. here. I'll try. Um, Okay, so, well, let's start from the start. I think this is one of the ones where we have to work through chronologically, basically, right? Yeah, okay, let's do that. Pre-credits the cold open um, is basically... So, Chandler and Monica come into Central Perk, don't they, and say, Guys, Chandler's saying all of this. Guys, we don't want to do Thanksgiving this year. It's too much, blah, blah, blah. And basically, to sum up what happens in this opening scene, the rest of the friends act like pricks.
1: (laughs) Yes, they manipulate Monica uh, into doing what she doesn't want to do. So, yeah, so there's a few funny lines, aren't there? So, like,
2: um, they clock that basically Chandler's saying what Monica thinks, and Joey says, oh, you don't put words in Chandler's mouth. You know, you don't put words in people's mouth, you put turkey in people's mouth. There's a few, like, little lines where you think, oh, that's a funny little aside. But ultimately what's happening is... The rest of them are being really fucking presumptuous and demanding about, basically like, Monica,
1: you must ruin your own Thanksgiving by making ours normal. A lot of people have quite a set idea about what they want to do at Christmas. And that largely Mm. involves what they did when they were children. They want it to be as close to that traditional family Christmas as possible. So I can understand why they don't want a change to routine. But if someone says, I don't want to do it, don't make them do it. It was the, the appeal from Monica and Chandler was very like, guys, we've been doing this for years. Like,
2: this is a lot of fucking stress on Monica. Do you mind if we don't do it this year? And they're like, yes, we do mind. You fucking do it. Basically, that's what happened, isn't it? Yeah. Phoebe ends up basically reverse psych- psychologying. What's the verb there? <laughs> reverse psychologying Monica into doing it. Like, really easily as well. She sort of goes, but you could be in competition with yourself versus last year, and Monica immediately cracks and, and and wants to do it again. And that's that's basically the setup for the whole episode, where I think it's important, wasn't it, that it had to be made clear that Monica and Chandler didn't want to do it, so that yes. when they end up doing it and it all goes tits up, they have this sort of moral high ground to take.
1: Yes, they are the same more unreasonable because all that happened. Yes. The, the, the uh, other little aside I would note
2: in this cold open is... Uh, rachel's reason for them doing it is that oh it's emma's first thanksgiving and then they all go no it's not and she (laughs) she goes to ross when was she born like it's a funny little moment in itself but i also wondered is that a little in joke that the writers have because you know so many of the birthdays change in this season like in yeah a few timelines all over the place all like, like ross's birthday rachel's birthday all the time are changing uh, so I wondered if that was a, a little nod to like when was she born? We don't know. We don't care about facts on this show, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you might and then if it was, I think I really enjoy that line a lot more than I did previously. Uh, so we're into it, aren't they? And then and then we have the two sort of small splinter plot lines. So the boys decide to go to this ice hockey game. Ross and Joey go. Rachel and Phoebe go to a baby beauty. But par- I mean, where should we? Where should, Where do you want to
1: start on this? I mean, segment. <laughs> Already what you've highlighted is one thing that surprised me, and that is a lot happens on Thanksgiving, doesn't it? Like, (laughs) why is all this stuff happening? It's like Christmas Day equivalent, isn't it? Like here, Well, I I assumed so. So, uh, I mean, we we might have to call upon some of our North American listeners to help us here, but why is everything open on Thanksgiving? Why is there a baby beauty pattern happening on Christmas? Why are they playing ice hockey on on Thanksgiving? Why is all this happening? Yeah, I know. Talking of our North American listeners, thank you so much to... (laughs)
2: <laughs> Those of you that got in touch last week to explain all my questions about North American high school and sororities and all of that. i Oh, that's good. I've had loads of messages, Pete, with loads of lovely information. So I feel like I'm more versed in it now, but still don't fully understand it. I think at some point we should go to a frat party.
1: I don't feel like I'd fit in. What? We
2: would, we, neither of us would absolutely fit in, but I feel like we could maybe Louis through it a bit.
1: Yes. Like when he goes to the swinger party.
2: Right, right, yeah, exactly. Louis Threw at the swingers party is like me and you at a frat party, I imagine. <laughs> we'll be uncomfortably looking around and sort of being gently persuaded to get involved in the antics.
1: Beauty pageant or ice hockey, where to start? Um, let's start with the old ice hockey. Not a lot happens, is there? I'll be honest. Well, they seem to be given tickets to big games at very short notice quite often on friends. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're always like, oh, we've got these tickets in the seats. The seats are always amazing, aren't they? They're always like, oh my God, you won't believe how great the seats are. Yeah, whether it's the Knicks or the Rangers or whatever. they You're right. How are you getting them? How is this happening? It's always
2: last minute. It's always the best seats in the world. And it's always no, never explained yeah. how that came about. Um. And there's this, this strange sort of scene at the ice hockey in this episode where, lit, I'd say plot-wise, it affects it in no way, apart from the fact that at one point they decide to stay rather than leave. and you know, It just shows
1: that they're having a nice time and that's it. Yeah,
2: they're having a nice time, talking about uh, Disney on ice or something like that. What was it? Ice? The ice?
1: Yeah. Something, some
2: bits. reference to Michelle Kwan or something like that happens. And... Um, and, and and all that really serves the plot here is that they decide to stay at the ice hockey rather than go and be on time to Thanksgiving, right? Yeah. And that's it. The They're- end. <laughs> like they didn't need to be at the ice hockey for that really.
1: Uh, Ross is uh, jumping forward a little bit, but it does involve Ross and Joey. Mm. Uh, Ross's excuse for them being late for Thanksgiving that he shouts at Chandler and Monica, is that their subway broke down. Oh, mate. Absolute shambles. But Joey lives across the hall.
2: (laughs) They all live on the same street. Yeah. We don't know exactly where Phoebe lives, but I think we've practiced in the podcast before and it's a five-minute walk away or a six-minute walk away. At no point do any of them have to get the subway to get to Monica and Chandler's apartment.
1: There's also a, a very sort of, even by Joey standards, implausible level of dumb moment where... The note comes through the door from Monica and Chandler saying we know you're out there when they're stood in the hallway. Yeah. And um they read the note aloud and Joey says, "Who do you think it's from?" <laughs> like and it that just seems like such a, a an implausible. Yeah, it's a reach, Level isn't it? of fic, yeah. Yeah, it's a,
2: even by Joey standards it's a reach. Uh, but before we get to this sort of hall scene, we have the beauty pageant to deal with too, don't we?
1: Right, again, like, why why is that happening on Thanksgiving? <laughs> why why is there a baby beauty
2: pageant happening on the well, big biggest... full stop. Well, yeah, I mean, full stop. But then also, why is it on the sort of biggest holiday of the year in America?
1: But also, why does Phoebe know so much about, like, the big players in it? So this, I'd say the whole beauty pageant thing, A, is
2: creepy as shit. Like, the whole thing is creepy as shit. What is that? Yeah. B, what a weird colour this is on Phoebe. It does not paint Phoebe in a good light at all. Like you say, she knows all the runners and riders. She's like, oh X is I can't remember all the names, but X is ill, so you know, sounds a good chance. They think she's cuter than X and Y. There's a moment where she admires a baby's muscles. Yeah, then she fat shames a baby, doesn't she? Fat shames a baby. <laughs> and also, Rachel says I don't like this, there's a one-year-old with pantyhose on over there. And Phoebe's reply to that is, oh, yeah, we should have been more prepared.
1: And also the sinister mention that Rachel uh, makes about how there's a man in the corner who didn't even bring a child. <laughs> oh, God, it's so, like, there's, there's too much going on here, Pete, for me to be comfortable with it at all. Although we are overlooking the whole um, where they get Emma's costume from. <laughs> um, the, the costume that Emma... Which What would you say that costume is? Is it Cowgirl? Well, it's supposed to be Cowgirl, isn't it? But it's just like. It's like a cowgirl hat, and that's it, right? So Joey, Joey has a cabbage patch kid, <laughs> which uh, he, he he even the at the end of the episode he's he's talking with excitement about when he got the call from Toys R Us to say it's in stock. Like this again is a very different Joey to early Joey, isn't it? And if you're, I was I was thinking, if you're one of Joey's one night stands. You're right. going back to his and finding a cabbage patch kid and hugsy. Right.
2: So nobody at any point and like look, we're not saying that this isn't an acceptable thing for a man in his a man in his thirties to enjoy. That's fine, like No, but you wouldn't say you just wouldn't say it's a typical character trait of Joey. Correct. And none of the rest of them, who, let's face it, are known for taking the piss out of their friends for basically defying sort of gender stereotypes at all in any way. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, they go in hard. Yeah. For for example, when Joey and Ross have a little sleep together, like the nap partners, they're like, oh my God, two men having a nap.
1: What is and this when madness? Janine makes the apartment a little right. bit more floral and it's like the worst thing that ever happened. But none of them go in on Joey
2: about his... Let's be honest, at best confusing and at worst creepy yeah. obsession with sort of children's dolls. And it's very, very... Oh, and, and I know we're really jumping ahead to the ending here, but Monica and Chandler have just found out they're going to get a baby and Joey compares it to getting a Cabbage
1: Patch Kid <laughs> yeah. at, from Toys R Us. Yeah. When that call comes through. When <laughs> the he,
2: call comes through. <laughs> <with> the, like, <laughs> this is his he, he life's to work. Be told, yeah. Yeah weird so back at the baby pageant so apparently so this is this is uh, what i've garnered from the dvd commentary of this episode uh marta kaufman said that jennifer aniston was very against the idea that her daughter would be entered in a beauty pageant like apparently there was quite a lot of pushback on this uh, okay within, within the cast and she was like this is Guys, this is weird, isn't it? Um, it still happened, let's not be honest, it still happened.
1: Yeah, she kind of objected that much. Not like Chandler with the tuna melts. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. The, the storyline that wasn't. Um, but yeah, it's just...
2: it's. I know those two had to be doing a thing that meant they were late for Thanksgiving. I just can imagine there would have been slightly more tasteful options.
1: Well, yes. Um, it's It's just... It's the bizarre fact that all of this stuff is, is happening on a day where most people would be with their families instead they're mm. entering their babies into competitions against um, each other? And both Rachel and Ross do a very
2: quick flip on the baby beauty pageant so Rachel at first is like oh that's weird Phoebe and she goes it's a thousand dollars and she goes I'm interested and then even Ross who we know to be really dead against all this stuff you know he really takes uh, against the earrings on Emma yeah. all that sort of stuff but even he is absolutely livid until Rachel says they won a thousand dollars and he's like and this is annual isn't it he really yeah instantly they're both very easily won over by Cash. You know, it's a lot of money in one sense, but also in terms of abandoning your entire moral system uh, in in regards to your baby daughter, I'd mm. say it's not enough money, Pete. No, I'd say probably right. <laughs> $1,000 is not enough to completely gamble what you believe to be right about your baby away. Agreed. Um, so Emma obviously wins this beauty pageant. They get a trophy. They come back. And then, after this very small advertorial break, Pete... We're back in the hallway, aren't we? Hello, I'm Justin.
1: And I'm Lucy. And
2: together we are the hosts of Plenty Questions.
1: It's a very straightforward general knowledge quiz.
2: We ask you 20 questions, one after the other, five-second gap in between, and you shout the answers out. And then you tweet us to let us know how you've got on. So you can get 20 out of 20. No one has so far, but that's because we haven't started doing it yet. Mm, but we will. Uh, and there's also going to be some
1: fiendish brain teasers, so join us for Plenty, Plenty questions. questions.
2: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile.
1: What's a chocolate pie? It's
2: a good question, isn't it? Is that because,
1: I, I mean, like, I, I just... That's a very vague description. Chocolate, I'm aware of. <laughs> pie <laughs> could mean, mean all sorts of desserts. Chocolate pie... I'm going to Google chocolate pie. Oh, God. So, in my head, I'm imagining... I feel like chocolate, Googling chocolate pie could come up with some horrible things. Oh, mate, you're going to absolutely have a nightmare there. I mean, it's it's it's... It, it just looks very sickly oh you've got the pie at least I have got pie yeah you haven't got what we were all thinking about no thankfully not thank god for safe search mm.
2: um, is no, I've it, got that turned on I'm ima- <laughs> of course <you're. laughs> I'm imagining like the aesthetics of a cheesecake but in place of the cheese is like a chocolatey sort of moussey type thing is that yes,
1: right? that's, that's exactly it. It it looks very calorific, and um, even as a fan of chocolate desserts myself, mm. it looks pretty sickly. Too sickly. Especially on top of loads of turkey.
2: Yeah, there's a lot going on there, isn't there, in the old Thanksgiving dinner? Um, it's interesting, the chocolate pie makes an appearance right at the start of this episode, doesn't it, in a sort of... Monica vaguely mentions, hey, Rachel, Phoebe, can you pick up the chocolate pies? Pick up the pies. From this shop on Bleecker Street, which is very, very close to their apartment. Like, they could have done that. And this is what turns the mood a bit later on when it turns out they've forgotten to pick up the chocolate pies. Again, is a pie shop open on Thanksgiving? Question for the emmorphins. Well,
1: surely. The only thing I can think of is, like, you know how sometimes, like, butchers open... Like, on Christmas Eve, so you can pick up your turkey at the last minute. But on Christmas Eve, Pete, not Christmas Day. Yeah, well, exactly. The only... That's that's the closest I can think of. The
2: only thing that springs to mind in terms of butchers being open on Christmas Day is in the Muppet Christmas Carol, where... (laughs) (laughs) Michael Caine sends the little rabbit off to buy the biggest turkey from the butchers. Yes. When he wakes up. But we're still talking Victorian England here, you know? Like, that's not a modern... That's not a modern reference.
1: If you were the butcher, yeah. and on the morning of Christmas Day, you hadn't sold your biggest turkey, your
2: prize turkey, right? Yeah,
1: you're, you're like shit butchering. He's really looked out that
2: three ghosts visited Michael Caine, hasn't he? Yeah, that's the, only the rabbit he, to yeah. It's the only go way he's shifted it. his prize turkey for the whole the year. That must be his biggest sale of the year, right?
1: Yeah. Have we mentioned Up his Christmas Carol on this podcast before? Yeah, it's a couple of I've, times. I, I remember it being referred to as like the definitive. This is my favourite film. I do you know it. When the cold wind blows, it chills you. <laughs> chills you to the bone. Nice. Although talking of the Muppets,
2: they've got a, there's a new series of the Muppets out at the moment,
1: right? Remember, uh, you were about to mention the voice of Kermit? I'm absolutely about to mention the voice of Kermit. What is going on there? I it's sound more like, like somebody Kermit.
2: just doing this. It's like a very. I sound more like Kermit just talking now than that guy <laughs> sounds like Kermit when he's doing the fucking. Kermit.
1: What is look? Like, but I'm they not... sacked Kermit, didn't they? They sacked the bloke that did Kermit. Yeah, but like. I reckon
2: there's loads of people yes. on YouTube that can do Kermit.
1: Absolutely, I agree. Muppets with friends.
2: Muppets with friends. Um, we're now back, aren't we? They've been to the beauty pageant, they've been to the ice hockey, and they in the hallway, making a loud plan <laughs> to make come up with an excuse of why they're late on, on the other side of a very thin door. The first thing that happens is that they're trying to come up with an excuse, and Ross says, we'll just say we were mugged.
1: The, the idea of saying you said five o'clock... That's why we're late. So they they come up with the idea, don't they, of saying, Rachel's idea, isn't it, of, of saying, you said five o'clock, we're not late, we're actually 15 minutes early. That's their idea to sort of con Monica, again, quite manipulative, um, con Monica into not being able to have a problem with it. Why why do they then go with other options? I don't know. If, yeah, that's the I'd say that's the A, the best plan, but B, don't make that plan
2: loudly on the other side of a thin door because they can definitely hear everything you're saying. Ross's idea of saying we were mugged, as in the four of us were all mugged on our way separately to Thanksgiving, because at this stage Monica and Chandler don't know that they've been together, isn't insane. How is that a good idea on any level? Joey makes it worse, obviously, by just ripping off his pocket. So it's entirely implausible because the three of them are dressed absolutely fine and Ross has just got a completely confusing shirt rip.
1: Do you think muggers operate on Thanksgiving? Oh, that's a great question, isn't it? Are they open like the pie shop? (laughs) I was
2: going to say, the
1: chocolate pie place is open,
2: mate. The ice hockey's open. The bloody baby beauty pageant's open. Maybe muggers are on. Maybe there's a good day for muggers. Yeah, maybe. So they're standing around in the hall, planning loudly... Um, apparently they did the whole hall scene in one take, like one continuous, I'm sure it wasn't the first take, but like one continuous take in the sense that they had to learn about 20 pages of dialogue in when they were Yeah, it doesn't really stop, does it? No, it just, it's the whole thing is just the four of them in in the hall. Like a play. Uh, Yes, it's very much like a play. But yeah, normally they'd learn four or five pages of dialogue, do a scene and then come back, you know, for the second scene in, in an hour or three hours or four hours or whatever. But this was a whole sort of just long session of them doing this all continuously and this whole 20 pages of it.
1: i got a question about the vein, Pete. It suggests Monica has quite high blood pressure, doesn't
2: it? Also, when was the vein a thing? Like, <laughs> they're all talking about it, like... The vein. Right, we're all talking about it like it's Ben, like a character we've known for 10 years. <laughs> like, when did the vein suddenly be... They just introduced this character trait of Monica that she's got this uncontrollable vein on her forehead and it's not just referenced once or twice they reference it like six or seven times and a couple of times it's the proper
1: punchline of a joke even Chandler her husband is uh, prepared to point out the vein and almost feels quite frightened of it right not only the vein Talking of characteristics
2: that we just don't know about the Friends, since when was Joey like a Darren Brown-style hypnotist?
1: Yes, <laughs> I find it quite... I know it's the point, but I find it quite uncomfortable watching him do that thing with his eyes.
2: Yeah, he does this thing where he stares in the eyes and he, and, and Ross is like, oh, yeah, he can do it. And then Chandler goes, oh, he's doing the thing with his eyes. As if like, yeah. we've learnt about this before. We don't know anything about this. <laughs> where the fuck did that come from? Yeah, you're right. It's so bizarre. I do enjoy, however, the rock, paper, scissors, fire, water, balloon
1: yeah. sequence. Yeah, that's great. There's a good bit of Phoebe-Joey interaction in that. There is, yeah. I really. I, I say I do the fire mime quite often when rock, paper, scissors comes up these days. <laughs> I also enjoy Chandler's uh, cups and ice approach to cranberries. Right, so
2: <laughs>
1: I started writing notes on
2: this as if this was a plot line that was going to run through the whole episode. Chandler wants to help with Thanksgiving dinner – Decides to do the cranberries. That's yeah, it. That's it. No, there's no, it's not a great storyline. It does nothing happens with it. He just says the word cranberries a lot over the course of twenty minutes,
1: and he does also go to wash them with soap. Yeah, it's a bit odd, isn't it?
2: He, 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 that's a sort of almost a Joey level of stupidity, isn't it? Yeah. That he's sort of burdened with. But it keeps, it just, it's like a running joke that's not really a joke. It's sort of like something happens, something happens, and then Matthew Perry goes, what about the cranberries? Yeah. <laughs> that's it
0: for the whole episode.
2: He just keeps saying, what about the cranberries, basically, in different in different forms. Yeah, that's it. Now we get to another inconsistency, Pete. Rachel's
1: old key. Yes, uh, I mean it's it's it almost feels implausible that the door would be locked at all. So they lock the door, they make a comment about how oh,
2: now the door's locked, you know, but when they're having sex on the couch blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean the door is never locked. It's almost implausible that they'd know where the key was to lock it from the inside. Um but even if we accept the door is locked, Rachel, we saw Rachel give back her key when she moved out. Yeah. Like the night she moves out, Rachel gives her key back, so she doesn't have an old key. Even if she's got a spare old key, since that happened, Pete, what do we know has happened? Phoebe and Joey bashed Not down, the door down. Yeah, down the door. New door, new locks. Rachel's old key ain't opening that door. That's all yeah, I'm saying. That's point. all I will say.
1: And um, yeah, but it, somehow it does. The door immediately opens. On the subject of the uh, the door mechanism. Um, which is a, a a level of depth that, that yes, we are going into. <laughs> um,
2: Only on this podcast do we discuss the door mechanism of fictional entrances <laughs> to apartments.
1: So, so when Joey gets his, his head stuck between the, the door post and the door because of the, the bracket, right? Yeah. They're, they're trying to think of ways to, to free him once his head gets stuck. Yeah. Like, just screw the chain bracket and, like, the, the, his head's free. Like I, I find it implausible that, that there is no screwdriver.
2: Monica says, where are your tools? And he says, I left them on my bulldozer. Now, that's fine if the tool that Monica was after... Industrial agricultural, yes, massive piece of equipment. But what she's really after is a basic
1: Phillips head screwdriver, right? Yeah. So the the option that she goes for before considering taking the bracket off, which would be incredibly straightforward to do, and she makes out it would like destroy the flat. Yeah. Like don't don't squirt grease all over him. Like why <laughs> why isn't the chain the first thing she thinks of? The first thing she thinks of is to lubricate him with turkey grease. Yeah, it's very odd, isn't it? And and Joey acts like a he, he's never, Matt
2: LeBlanc's never reminded me of my puppy as much as when the turkey grease is being poured on his head. His yeah. sort of tongue's just going up and left and up and right and trying to taste the grease. That's, I imagine, exactly what my dog would do if I sort of poured something tasty on his head. Drink the fat. Drink the fat. fat. So, yeah, they've all got their heads stuck in the door, haven't they? Like, this is quite an iconic scene, actually, for a season tenor. Yeah, it is a nice scene. It like a good. really big, like we all know about that one. It's, if you go to Friends Fest, Comedy Central's Friends Fest in the UK, that's one of the scenes you can recreate is sticking your head through the door. Clearly, for exa- I'd say logistical reasons, they three of them immediately remove their heads because it's probably an absolute fucking nightmare to film that bit. Yeah. Everyone removes their head. Joey gets stuck. I, I really enjoyed the I can't feel my ears. Can you ever feel your ears? Interesting. Like yeah. That a, that's a really nice moment. But, yeah, like you say, the turkey grease happens. Chandler says he doesn't have a basic screwdriver. And then, eventually,
1: they end up breaking the door down. It's quite sort of slapstick, isn't it? Yes. It reminds me of when Chandler accidentally smashes all of Monica's fancy plates. Sure, yes. Well, this
2: is what happens in this episode, a bit like that, is that they barge the door down and run into the conveniently positioned food trolley that we've never seen before and definitely wouldn't have been by the door, but is definitely there to make this whole thing much more proper slapstick. Yeah. Like, and Joey gets food all over him. But I do remember thinking about watching it back going, why has she put some of the food miles away from the table on a movable trolley? Oh, that's why. (laughs) But then it all sort of flips, doesn't it? Because Monica gets the call from the adoption agency, they're getting a baby, and... Like it's it the the sort of the mood in the studio audience is one of genuine delight when
1: Yeah, there is a really lovely audience reaction to them finding out. And yeah. I, I also think it's quite uh it, it it's quite a bold move to have that whole non-traditional parenting storyline in there as well so well done friends
2: well done friends ahead of your time perhaps um and then yeah like as we touched on earlier the slightly weird week ending where jerry goes oh yeah i know exactly what you've gone through because that's how i got my cabbage patch doll mm. and then toys r us for me and yeah i mean we could do a whole bloody episode on the psychology of joey and his cabbage patch dolls i and mean
1: i i think it's best not to dig into that too deep best Let's... to let sleeping dolls lie
2: so there you go the one with a late thanksgiving d-o-n-e done done da- uh, for fans of the chronology of pete and my life which i imagine is low it's currently 10 past 7 p on sunday And in 50 minutes, we'll be doing a quiz live on Instagram, won't we? Yes, Instagram Live. Quite exciting. We've done quite a lot of Friends content today, I'd say. Yes, very Frenzy Sunday. We're going to be putting out the second episode of our Joey with Friends uh, spin-off next week, aren't we, Peter?
1: Very soon, yes, very soon.
2: Or maybe even this week, by the time this goes out. But yes, if you uh, would like to listen to the Joey spin-off podcast, where we go through episodes of Joey one by one, uh, it's available on our Patreon. Patreon. Dot com slash friends pod. Uh, and finally, Dave. Yeah. Uh, who's your favourite Muppet? Uh,
1: so I'm oft compared to Fozzie Bear. I, I mean, is, is it still your Twitter picture? It was for a very long time, wasn't it?
2: Oh, it was. You're right. You're absolutely quite right, yeah.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, Fozzy Bear. I got called Fozzie a number of years ago by
2: someone, and it sort of just stuck for a while. So yeah. I think by default, it's got to be Fozzie. Why, who's yours? The, the
1: little frog. Robin! Robin. I like Robin. Oh, why? Uh, because his performance as Tiny Tim, Tiny Tim sure. is so stirring. Heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah. I know.
2: God, it's such an emotional film, that. Anyway, on that Muppets Christmas Carol note, shall we wrap up this week's podcast?
1: Yes, let's do that.
2: Bye. 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 <laughs>